What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back again for episode 113 in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, it's Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, of course, it's a full crew intact. To my right, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? I know we say that we don't want to talk about the weather, but I want to talk about the weather. <laughs> do you want to talk about it now, or do we, we want to introduce bring Docs? Yeah, All right, bring let's Docs. introduce, of course, our other co-host to my left. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Whether or not what happens. <laughs> I like that. Different spellings. <gasps> mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Do you know what they're called? Uh, what they're called? Mm-hmm. Uh, she does. She's raising her hand. Go ahead. I Homophones. Call you. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. All right, that's probably something you learned in elementary school. That I think it's first grade, like there, there, and <laughs> okay. there. Yeah, two and two. Hair and hair. And two. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, but weather and weather. Bra yeah. and bra. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's bro. <laughs> All right. What's up, bra? <laughs> well, <laughs> weather, Joanna. So it's been really nice this past week, right? It's mm-hmm. been like perfect. It gets cooler at night. The mornings are, are also really nice and cool. The days aren't super hot. We've had some humidity at like 30 to 50 degrees yeah. or 30 to 50%. So my question is, everyone says in D.C. that you just have to put up with the humidity and that's just how life is. But this week has proved that that's not how it has to be. It's true. So I want the scientists to figure out a way <laughs> to make this the permanent weather in D.C. Let's call those scientists back. We haven't talked about the scientists <clears throat> in a while. Yeah, like stop trying to genetically modify children and other things and just fix the weather yeah I like agree. i think that should move up to the, the only people one. who work on on weather are mad scientists that are that are evil villains in bond movies i want to know one of them do you know one of them docs i am one of them <laughs> <laughs> i could see that mm-hmm. uh i agree the weather has been spectacular but not today it's gotten a little bit warmer but uh, still tolerable. Funny. Yeah. The yeah. next seven days, I already looked at the forecast. Mm-hmm. I never look at the forecast, but I, I was interested in, in going for a, a run tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the forecast, and the next seven days look miserable. Yeah, it's going to get warm. But like Joanna said, it's been really nice. And here we are at the end of June. So, I mean, we got to, you know, we got to feel grateful that we've all, gotten what we've gotten. All my all my weather forecast thing said was don't bother. <laughs> yeah, Joanna's got a, uh, a a pack of ice on her head right now. If that uh, tells you anything about how hot it is in here in the studio, I don't think she's doing that because uh, uh, because of the weather. She's doing that because she got mugged on the way over here. <laughs> is that true? Um, you never know. I mean, look at the bump on her the, head. Yeah. Some of the wow. Some of the what happened to your? It wasn't mugging. What happened? <laughs> I know I haven't Take come up with I haven't come up with a better story yet. No, Take, one of the mannequins fell on me. Oh wow, man! Did what? you say an expletive? Um, I didn't actually. I maybe I should have. It, I I no, would have. No, no, that's my go-to move. Uh, well, big show to get to today, guys. Um, and for a show that hates to talk small talk, we do a lot of it on the on the weather. I don't I don't understand it. But moving on, big show to get to today, guys. Uh, excited to be joined on the phone by U.S. champion in the fifteen hundred meters, Robbie Andrews. He's going to join us today on Pace the Nation. He was your 1500 meter champion and he's going to make his way to london as long as he can get the uh 
world qualifying time, which I believe is 336. He's out in Portland. He's going to call us from Portland. I think he's racing sometime this next week and hopes to get that time. And I'm sure he will. He's run faster than 336 multiple times, and I'm sure he'll be able to get that. So excited to have Robbie Andrews. He also is a University of Virginia graduate. So uh, that, that will be uh, great to talk to Robbie uh, about running, about the USA meet that he just won, and maybe some UVA talk. Also in today's program, a story of a man on a run who saved another person's life. See, running not only saves your, your own, own life, life. It can, you can save others by going out and running and being aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also want to dive deeper into the USATF meet. Okay. I, I have some hot takes, some scorching hot takes uh-huh. that I'm sure that people uh, will enjoy or probably not. Or but, fast forward through. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, this is a running podcast and this uh-huh. is our national championship of running okay. in track and field. I of think running. We, I think we need to address it. Okay. And, and so we'll spend some time on that as well after talking to Robbie. All right. Sign me up. I also want to talk about how contagious you are. I was going to get to that. Oh. And, and finally, uh, we will talk about sickness, and I think it's going around. So uh, we'll talk You hate when people say that, know, first of all. I know. That's it better a, not come around to this side exactly. of the table. Uh, or I'm going to draw a line right here. Did you catch something from your kid? Your kid is just like a germ sponge. Yeah, well, we could talk about that later on in the program. Yeah, I, uh, I did ca- come down with something, and I think it was related to my son. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it because you didn't get Father's Day off? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people love that. Uh, But first, I want to pull back the curtain, as I I like to do here. Um, Um, We came in the studio today, and the board was a little off. Chairs were out of place. uh Um, I was out of town. I think Docs was also not around. Joanna, can you explain what's going on? Why am I sitting in a miniature chair here? Um, probably because whoever was messing with my car is now messing with the studio. <laughs> no, I, I, I doubt that. It could, could be the case. I doubt that. But I, I do know that we are missing two chairs because... Uh, book club. Book club. Two of the chairs went, went over to book club. So I'm straining my neck uh, to reach the microphone. We put uh, you at the kids' table. Because <laughs> I don't have the regular chair. And I know that... Uh, Things being out of order in here, Joanna, makes Docs very it does. upset. Very upset. So the studio was out of order, uh, I think is a nice way to put it. And Docs it just was not happy about it. Well, I think you're exaggerating my reaction. I just don't like that, that for some reason the volume was turned down. Right. So I have the board set up the way I want it to be. And, and then when we start recording, it's not picking anything up and I have to go figure out why. I mean, to Doc's credit, he's worked very hard to get the studio the way it is. Yeah. And when it's kind of out of whack, uh, I understand that. I feel like if people are going to come in here and disrupt stuff, they should hang some of these posters. (laughs) (laughs) But I I would argue maybe it's a little overreaction. I mean, somebody just borrowed the the chairs for for book club. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think you overreacted a little bit. Well, like, first of all, you're making it sound like I flipped out. All I said was, where are the chairs? Well, and also, I, I think that the chairs, whatever, but I don't understand why somebody would touch the board. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But, Joanna, you got to admit, he, you could sense it from Doc's that you're, he was upset. 
I'm getting upset at you now. <laughs> Why are you acting like I was like, all I said was, where are the chairs? I feel like this is like on a reality show and the producers like try to create No, drama. I'm not trying, to create, trying to create anything. I'm not trying to create anything. You've been watching too much of The no, Bachelorette. No, I'm not trying to create anything. I'm just saying. Actually, you know, that's true. Farley texted us about The Bachelorette the other night. Like uh, you it's know. all coming together. No, yeah. it's not. It's, it has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying he kind of sets the tone for the, f- f- you know, for the energy of the room, and he's ticked off. He's I'm, ticked off to start the, the the podcast. It's true. You have to admit you were ticked off. All all I said was where are the chairs. Well, the board was all uh, messed up too. So right. Well, then I had to figure out why we couldn't pick up any sound. I figured it out, and then we started recording. Right. Like I, I didn't flip out. I, All right. I he didn't, he didn't flip about. out. I have seen him flip out and he didn't flip out. He flipped out when um, McGarrigal wasn't there for the baton toss uh, at the uh, Ragnarok. I did flip but, out then. But I was did, really furious. Uh, it was pouring rain. And, and, and just in my defense of The Bachelor, I was passively watching it. You know how I hate how people passively listen to our show? Mm-hmm. Passively watching it. And I know You were actively tweeting to us. No, I was texting you that oh, yeah, they were t- in Oslo. Texting. Tweeting and texting are different things. I, I thought it was that. ironic that they were in Oslo. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times has Oslo come up in your life? And it came up twice So it was probably a little weeks. bit more coincidental. Well, maybe not ironic. Fine. I just, you know, it's that old song. Yeah, I went, to, I went to the uh, silverware drawer. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a knife. And, <laughs> and there were 10,000 spoons in that drawer. Yeah, that's ironic. That's ironic. Yeah, for sure. All right. I don't know about this Oslo <clears throat> stuff. Glad that that's out of the way. All right. Excited uh, that next up, joining us on the phone, the USATF 1,500-meter champion of 2017. It's Robbie Andrews joining us next on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Joanna, we are excited to be joined by the USA 1,500-meter champion in 2017 it's robbie andrews robbie how are you man how, thanks for joining us oh no problem guys it's uh it's great to be here and uh yeah thank you for having me absolutely man thanks for taking the time uh i know you're you're out in portland right now after a big big race last week uh tell us a little about what you're what you're up to now uh, yeah it's been it's been a busy couple of days um but um i'm staying with uh clayton murphy right now he's uh he just finished his move up to portland and uh we've kind of just been hanging out going on some going on some easy runs and uh just trying to get his apartment together it's it's kind of bare right now but i'm trying to put a a homey touch on it as best i can (laughs) so wait are you guys taking trips to ikea we we've not gone to ikea but we did go to target yesterday okay and nice we we have this we have we found the heaviest dresser in the store i don't know how and we have uh, we carried it up three flights of stairs, and now we get to. It's kind of just sitting in the middle of the floor right now, and it's like daunting us. It's like taunting us to 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 put it together. Dude, I, I don't know if Coach Vidge needs to know that he's carrying a heavy dresser up three flights of stairs. Uh, we can edit that out, Docs. I, I, if you don't want Coach to know, but uh, no. So you and you are preparing for uh, an, another race. I mentioned before you came on that. You're actually chasing the standard, uh, and, and you got a race coming up, right? 
That is correct. So uh, I do not have the 336.00 standard, uh, IAAF uh, standard. Um, so I'm going to run that at the Tracktown Summer Series on Sunday afternoon at Mount Hood Community College, um, where they have a, a great field assemb- assembled. Uh, I'm, I'm part of the the San Francisco Surge, I believe, is the nice. name of the team. So we are the uh, reigning champions from last year and obviously looking to repeat as champions. So uh, hopefully, as well as getting the standard, I can score a few points for, for uh, San Francisco. Now, how does a Jersey boy get recruited to run for San Fran? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. You know, I'm just, I'm really uh, tech savvy. You know, I, I have a few apps uh, that go. I've been developing and yep. they're just, they're just all about it. Nice. Well, that's good. Well, that is a cool <laughs> event that they put on and it, it sort of, you know, again, touch on like what, what the, it's a team oriented event, which I think makes it really cool, you know, kind of explain that to us and our audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, each, each team, uh, th- there was a, a draft um, last year and this year and, it the, the so the object is to score the most points like you know an NCA championship or mm-hmm. an NCA conference meet uh, so have you and um, this so last year there was just the one race in Eugene and this year they're having three there's one tonight um, uh, what's today's date the twenty uh, 29th. June twenty eighth twenty yeah. today's the twenty ninth yep today's twenty ninth okay in um he missed the race. <laughs> I, missed, <laughs> I missed the race yeah. oh, no. in, uh, in, San, in San Francisco at, at uh, Stanford. And then Sunday's in Portland, Mount Hood. And then uh, July 6th is the final in uh, New York City at uh, Icon Stadium. Nice. Well, you were, you'll be racing, I believe it's the, uh, the second, which is Sunday. So this podcast comes out the third. So by now, I'm sure everybody will be celebrating your under 336. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, are you feeling good? You feel like that? I mean, you've run that time a, a couple few times before, so you got to be feeling pretty confident that you can get it again. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you know, you want to be confident. You also, you know, respect the distance. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go out there and and, and run 332 or anything, but I. Uh, I just I hope it's it's a good race. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna run for the win. Uh, more more importantly than anything, and uh, you know I I think if workouts have been any indication, then if as long as we get a good day on the track with not a lot of wind, and I think um I think 335 334s in in the cards. How how long do you have to um to get that that time? Like like when's the last day that you can actually qualify? The so the the. Um, USATF window closes July 21st, and the IAAF uh, window closes on July 23rd. So USATF will select their team by the 23rd of July. So um, if I yeah, so I ha- I have basically three weeks now to get it. Uh, I'd love to get it out of the way as quick as possible, yeah, so that way I can uh, I can just train and, and get ready for the for the World Championships. But uh, Obviously, you know, got to make sure you're, you're qualified for the meet. No doubt, man. So you got two chances this week, which is awesome. Uh, we, we assume you'll take care of that. This, this podcast is very, uh, very confident for you. I don't know whether that does it well, for you. Or Robbie, not. I don't know if you know about this, but we, we have a team of scientists that confirmed uh, <laughs> an appearance on the podcast is actually worth a five-second bump. So, uh, Oh, perfect. Yeah, Great. so you, you, should be, you should be about running world record time, yeah. so don't worry about it. No. Oh boy, that would be that would be something. <laughs> um, well, you you had a, a, a crazy awesome race this past week. Uh, congratulations on 
your first outdoor title uh, in the 1500 meters. Uh, a little different than way the way you normally run. Take us through uh, the race and winning that uh, USATF 1500 uh, meter championship. Oh well, well thank you. Um, so yeah, it was uh, a, a slightly different race race uh, race plan than than old Robbie. Um, but it, it's uh, you know as I've I've um, I've said a few times before, it's been kind of a, a wacky year for for a lot of the the middle distance runner. You know, you have a reigning Olympic champion in Matthew who was running great early in the year, and then he ended up having some injuries and and an illness. Uh, you have Clayton Murphy, you know, Olympic bronze medalist, uh, going for an unprecedented double at the USATF championships. You know, you've Ben Blankenship, who's an Olympic finalist. You have a ton, a ton of NCAA All Americans. It was just, you know huge field really talented field and i think it was and then you throw on top of that the sacramento heat so our, our final was at 240 in the afternoon wow uh and it was one of the cooler days at about 95 degrees oh. um it was uh it was brutal but like you know the on the prelims on thursday it was a hundred the high of the day was 109 degrees wow. it was it was crazy um but but don't worry it's not humid that's all right, everyone kept right, saying was yeah. it. it's, it's dry heat it's yeah not, it's so not you, you're hot. fine yeah. you've gone through the yeah. humidity and new, new jersey and virginia yeah, i'm sure you were fine yeah <laughs> yeah virginia that place has some real humidity no um but uh yeah so the race kind of no one no one really wanted to to take it it was everyone was kind of content to to let it to let it go slow and and rely on their on their clothes and i was just I don't know. I kind of just was running. I ran to win, you know, and instead of kind of took it as like, instead of trying to qualify and just trying to play it safe and get a top three, I really wanted to, to take my shot at a title. You know, I'd been second so many times and, you know, getting second to, to Matthew, it's, it's, you know, that's still, that's still not too bad in no my doubt. opinion. Yeah. So it's, uh, but you know, we, we weren't sure what his fitness was at and uh, it, it definitely was, seem like a, a good opportunity as good opportunity as any to, to take your shot at it um take your shot at him yeah and, uh, and so, a lot of our our, our our listeners who really follow the sport closely know that you've gotten a signature move where you really come from behind and just unleash this incredible kick usually in either the 800 or the 1500 meters but this time you took the lead at about 500 or 600 meters right that's right yeah so right after the 500 um we came, we come through in about 63 or 64 through the 400, which is not even some of the guys' 5K pace. Uh, it's definitely well faster than my right, 5K right. pace, but but for for a 1500, well slow of of, a, of an honest pace. And I was sitting out in lane three, and I kind of was getting tired of sitting out there. And I just tried to, I just kind of zipped on up and got in front and tried to make uh, Matthew as uncomfortable as possible. You know, he likes being up front, being in control, and uh, it probably, I, don't, I mean, I haven't talked to him, but it, it probably threw him for a loop to, to see me up there. Um, and then shortly about 400 meters after that, uh, Ben Blankenship, the, uh, the Olympic finalist from last year, he, uh, he makes a really strong move, um, on the, on the back stretch. So with about 600 meters to go, uh, he takes off and I find myself in about fourth place, fifth place with a lap to go. Uh, instead of in 10th or 11th in the in the back and waiting for everyone else to move so you know i i was still a good they get the ben and matthew had gapped uh third and fourth and fifth place a good bit but they were still right there instead of being two or three seconds down i was only about a second down 
Um, so then going with 300 to go, uh, I'm, uh, Craig Engels is right in front of me, the, uh, the Ole Miss, uh, all American. And he, uh, we just kind of tracking Ben and Matthew down on the home stretch on the back stretch. Uh, so going in with 200 meters to go, we were basically, uh, right on them. And then I stayed as absolutely patient as I could, uh, on that turn. I didn't want to I didn't want to give give Matthew or Craig or, or Ben a chance to respond to to me being on top of them. So I kind of tried to just wait behind them so they weren't didn't know I was there. And then by the time I got past Matthew, he had almost no time to to respond uh, with about 40 meters to go. So it was kind of caught him caught him by surprise. But you know, I just waited as long as I could and ran as hard as I could the last 50 meters. So I feel like Chris said, like, normally we see you come from behind, like in lane three. Was this a conscious, like strategic plan that you had going into the race to run it a little differently or to have a different positioning? You know, it, it really wasn't. I, uh, so the night before I was talking with uh, my coach, Jason Vigilani, and he just kept telling me, like, you know, just be as calm and cool as possible. Like, guys are going to get antsy. Just, you know, hang out in the back. Just, you know, be be just be comfortable. And. I don't know what it was, but after the first 300 meters, I just found myself on the outside and I just kind of wasn't thinking. I was just going with my instincts. You know, I treated it uh, like I I was just running. I was running to win, as I was saying before. I don't really know how else to say it. It was just I kind of just used my instincts and kind of shut my brain off. And that's just kind of where I just let my let my body do the running and took my mind completely out of it. Well, the strategy of running to win seems to have worked. <laughs> you blew the doors off the rest of the field, man. <laughs> 52 second and some change last uh, quarter. And and we'll tweet out the gif. I think it's a gif or gif. I never get it right. But of him <laughs> finishing the race and just blowing by the field, it was impressive. You didn't give them time to respond. But even if you did, man, I, I don't know if anybody else had another gear like you had coming into that finish. How many gears do you have? <laughs> <laughs> but hey man it's a secret i can't be giving yeah. that stuff uh, out <laughs> we'll edit it out yeah exactly just tell us uh, uh so you know awesome finish uh you know we're, we're not near the finish of the season uh here but uh it wasn't it, you know a lot of people didn't think i mean a lot of people being the let's run.com board and, and track fans <laughs> were a little worried about the way you started the season and coach vidge has always said well we're training for august um Swarthmore, you, you, you ran a race out there uh, and, and, and were fifth or sixth place or something like that. Yeah, talk a little bit about the start of your season to where, you know, you've, you've come now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Vig, is, he's, a big, he's a big championship racer. You know, he's, he, he tells me all the time he, he wishes – the only reason we race early is so that you get practice racing, but he, all he cares about are the championships, and, and I'm kind of the same way you know, I'm not all about these time trial races and, and whatnot, you know, great. They're a lot of fun and, you know, it's, it breaks up the training, but you know, him and I, that's one of the reasons why him and I get along so well is that we just love the championship racing. But so my first race outdoors was a uh, Swarthmore, uh, the, the notoriously fast track where Kyle Merber ran 335 yeah. back in that's 2012. Right. Yep. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely a fast track and, and I had, um, gone to Flagstaff. Uh, so I'd gone to altitude training for the first time in my career this this march and april um got some awesome training in with my teammates uh come as soon as i come back about two days after that my um my calf i trained my calf and 
I just didn't take good enough care of myself. I was just pounding myself into the ground up there. Um, so I had to take about 10 days off after that. This is in late April. Um, so then in early May, I was able to actually start running again. And then a week after that, I was able to start doing workouts again. And then that week was Swarthmore. And I was like, vigilant, you know, like, I, you know, I don't know if I can run like this is, it's not going to go well. And he's like, yeah, I know, but you have to. So, <laughs> so, um, so we run and, you know, I had almost no expectations going in. I was like, if I run 340, I'll be kind of happy with that. Uh, and I, the I was pretty disappointed with the race, actually. I just, you know, I wanted to be towards the back, but I don't, I was, I ended up being in last place at, at 200. And I think I was 31 at, at the 200. Cause there were just so many guys in the race. Um, so I closed well and, and, you know, I ran 338, which was about as fast as I've ever opened up before, which was kind of surprising. Um, but, you know, obviously I wasn't happy to get fifth or sixth. In yeah. The I race. mean, you're getting um, probably beat by college guy. I mean, that's gotta be yeah, tough exactly, mentally. Yeah, you're an exactly. Olympian. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was, it was, uh, you know, all things considered, it was a positive result, even though it was not a, on paper, it wasn't exactly the best result. Um, and then we just got back into this really heavy training block, and I was I ran a, a, a couple eight hundreds after that one at the Boston, the the Boost Boston Games. Mm -hmm. um, I ran one forty seven there where I kind of just wasn't super sharp, and then I ran an eight hundred two or three weeks after that in a, at UPenn where the uh, New Jersey New York Track Club put on um, uh, just like an all comers meet, and I ran essentially the same time as I did at Boston. I ran 147.6 there. Uh, and again, I get, you know, I get beat pretty, I get fourth place in that race. And, you know, to all milers, I got to Johnny Gregoric, who also made the, the team this past weekend, Chris O'Hare and, um, and Kyle. Wow. Well, um, I mean, coach, coach Vish has a plan though, Robbie. So he's been your coach. Um, since you you uh, left high school back in he was your coach in 2010 in your first year at, at Virginia. Um, now Docs and I both went to the University of Virginia, and man, I, I, us and our we're a few years older than you. Maybe just we, you just missed just us. missed us probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we really enjoyed watching your uh, couple year career there, man. Especially you know. One of my favorite races when when you burst on the scene uh, to me and to a lot of people probably was when you won the 800 meters uh, in the the uh, NCAA national champion. You won, you were the national champion in the 800 meters indoors. Um, when did you know that you were going to be a professional athlete, a professional runner? <laughs> it's, it's it's funny you uh you, you bring up the that that 2010 uh indoor national championship because i used an extremely similar um tactic in that race to to win that race where i just waited so long that uh the that andrew weeding didn't have any time to respond to me when i passed him in the last 50 meters and it was very similar to what what i did this past weekend so that's uh that's a good i didn't think about that until you just brought that up um any, anyway uh you know, I, I just, you know, in high school, I didn't really love running that much. You know, I kind of, I kind of hated it. I, I played basketball my freshman and sophomore year because that's what I actually like to do. And basically as soon as I stopped growing and realized I wasn't going to go to college right. to play basketball, it's like, oh, maybe I should uh, stick with this running thing. Um, but once my senior year, I just, something clicked my senior year of, of high school. Um, 
and I just I I lost so many races my junior year and I was just this really competitive kid and I just hated losing and I, I like told my dad I was like dad I, I don't want to lose any more races and he said okay well you need to train then <laughs> so <laughs> I, I kind of like fell easy? in love with I kind of fell in love with the training and that was kind of the big the big change in um in the mind in my mindset is that I I actually wanted to go out for runs i wanted to do workouts um and then coach vidge uh at at uva you know he just worked so well with me and eased me into things so well and in, in, at the ncaa level um that i kind of just you know i i fell in love with it even more and that's i didn't think that was possible and then my my junior year of of uh of college you know uh, vidge started coaching alan webb the american record holder in the mile and I started talking to him. I started to pick his pick his brain a little bit, and realizing like, wow, there is there is like a there is a life for for people if they right. want to be professional runners. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, I was given an opportunity to pursue that 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 career path, and it's been it's been you know really great ever since. You know, uh, I signed a, a contract with Adidas in 2012, and they've been incredible ever since, you know, supporting me every step of the way. And I, you know, I really couldn't be happier right now with, with, um, with, uh, my life and, and the, you know, my job that I have. And, you know, it's, it's really not, it, you make it look easy, man. But like, I remember <laughs> you, you, you know, in 2010, there was a couple stud recruits or 2009 from New Jersey. I remember Brett Johnson. I remember Robbie Andrews and you guys were, pretty equal and, and hey brett was a great runner and probably a, f- a friend of yours still but for you to make that jump to olympian u.s champ i mean i think that guy beat you in high school right <laughs> brett johnson man my college roommate right oh there. was he, he okay uh, we, yeah we go to uh, we go to florida every summer together and okay he was he actually he gave me a really hard time after after the race because you know i mentioned all my training partners and and he he said he said yo man what about those eight minute pace runs I did in Florida with you exactly. back in November that makes a big difference yes <laughs> I was like Brett you couldn't be more right yes. like that was the start of my training in, in Florida with you so thank you so Brett this is a shout out to you thank there you, you go for getting there you me. go he finally thank gets his shot out the door yeah. but dude he beat you he beat you at me to champs and I'm getting real geeky here and I'm a big stalker of of, of Robbie and UVA but he beat him at me to champs his senior year but it's just for you junior to, year. Or ju- was it your junior year? Yeah, yes. so he ran. He ran four hundred eight as a junior, closing in fifty six. And um, uh, at the meet of champs, he was four hundred nine. I was he, at, that was a at that point that was a meet record. Wow! And I ran I ran four eleven to get second. And then um, he suffered a navicular stress fracture in the fall, and it kind of just messed his whole foot up and it, all of his mechanics up. He went on to to be an all American at uh, university of oregon uh he broke four minutes in the mile mm-hmm. um but he you know yeah it's it's uh it's tough you know injuries injuries yeah. are you know obviously they're they're the biggest part of our sport and they just they affect everyone differently there you go brett there's your there's your shine that you 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 should have gotten earlier <laughs> <laughs> exactly so robbie when you when you were deciding on schools you you were a stud 800 meter runner and you finally chose a school where the indoor 800 meter record was also the world record. <laughs> did, did you know that before you went to UVA or was that a bit of a surprise in your first day of school? Did you like look at the record board and be like, what the? Uh, that, that's hysterical. I have, I had no idea what the school records were. 
um, <laughs> at the time. And I, I honestly, you know, in, in all, yeah, I, I had no idea who Paul Ehring was. Right. And, and I remember, uh, uh, coach Brad Hunt, um, he was the assistant at the time and, and now he's actually at, at Princeton with, uh, with Vig and I, but he, he like brought up Paul Ehring and I was like, who, who's that? And he was like telling me about this workout he would do. And, uh, like a, he would do a bunch of like two of four hundreds in like 48 or 47 seconds. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? And he's like, Oh, he, he's the Olympic champion. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And, and yeah, he'd run 144 or 145 indoors and, and 143, three, I think outdoors. Um, just incredible. And now, and now he's coaching at UTEP where he has Emmanuel career, just negative split a 143 and won the Kenyan trials split 43, three on a four by four. Like, so he's got he's not only could could Paul Aaron run he is a pretty good coach too. So, but really, so when you went to school, when when you showed up in the fall, you thought, hey, maybe school records in the cards, and then you really did like find out afterwards that that it was also matched the world record. Oh wait, hang on, I didn't say a single thing about school records. <laughs> you, you you're you're telling me that I was looking for a school record. Okay, I showed well, up I'm... looking to have fun and trying to and trying to you know just. <laughs> Just be better. I wasn't thinking about school records. All I was, right. I was, I, I mean, I, Vidge told me to take the whole summer off. And so he, so I took the whole summer off and the, fr- our freshman class, he started this at 20 miles a week in, in September. Wow. And, and we just slowly built our way up. I, I would, the last thing on my mind was school records. I was trying to pass a freaking calculus. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. That is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Docs, in his defense, I'm looking at the UVA record board right now. He is second. His 145 is second to Paul Ehring's 143 outdoors. Where's, where's Rob Pierce on that? Uh, no, he didn't. Oh my list. gosh! Yeah. yeah. And so the and and Henry Wynn, I just I just set the the school record last year at, at 337 or 338. Yep. He, which, yeah. I I don't have the updated what Henry did run. Yeah, 337, I believe. But yeah, the list I have is John Hitton at 340, and then Robbie Robbie's third at 341. So. Hey, he did all right. You're giving him a hard time. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, he had a couple years there that were pretty solid, I'd say. Two national again, championships. Yeah. Again, we, Vidge and I, we were championship racers. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Farley touched a little bit on, on the indoor race. Um, you also uh, were part of a 4 by 8 team that won the Penn Relays. And what, what place were you? You were the anchor. What place were you in when you got the baton? I was in first place both times. First place both times. Yeah, he was so in fir- he was in first place, and and you were up against Casimir uh, Loxham, I think, uh, the the first time. You 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 guys won it two years in a row, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that, that's right. So 2010, uh, I was racing uh, Andrew Weeding just uh, a month a month after the indoor title, where where I su- where I surprised him, um, and and then the following year was. Uh, against Kaz Loxham, uh, who, who had beaten me at world juniors the year before he had got, he got second at world juniors where I was third. Um, but yeah, that's, that's actually one of the biggest jokes, uh, on the team at during those years is that, uh, you know, they didn't need me, you know, they were, they were the, they were the three by eight champions, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly. it's like, yeah, I better do my job and, and, and win the race. Cause they, the three of them did their job. Well, it was the, it was the first pin rate relays title, uh, since for Virginia since 1943, so that was, and then you guys did it again the next year. So really cool. Yeah. All right. So it. you have a you have an impressive resume on <laughs> on the four by eight anchors. Yeah. What about your outdoor 800 meter NCAA meets and 
any anybody impressive there, or is it just the pen relays crowd? <laughs> 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 just the pen relays guys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what i figured yeah no he 2011 uh an exciting race where you came uh from behind in signature robbie andrews fashion uh who was it that you beat in 2011 so that was charles jock uh he he just he made the 2016 uh, olympic team uh and he he won the nca the, a year later in 2012 uh he's part of a uh, oregon track club right now but he's uh He's been a great, a great rival, a great friend of mine over the last few years. Um, uh, awesome competitor, just you know, so fierce. But yeah, he was. Uh, he took it out in 49 seconds in 2011, and you know, I just stayed again. I just stayed as patient as I could, and you know, if the race was uh, 799 meters, he would have won. <laughs> it's, uh, just it's uh, you know, if if you're gonna go out that fast, I'm gonna make sure you run all the way to the line. Well, one thing that we really enjoy about you, uh, Robbie, is that you have a personality, and I think that's great, and this, I think that's what this sport needs. Um, there was an article this week about, uh, on, in the Washington Post here, uh, our buddy Kellen Sung wrote about some Olympic-level le- shade throwing. What, <laughs> what is shade between Matthew and, and, and Robbie? Now you guys are buddies. Like, what, what, what is? What, can you just tell me what what that means or what that uh, title of that article means? <laughs> I'm gonna squash that right now. Uh, I have nothing but respect for of Matthew. Course. He and he he knows that. You know, he's he's our he's the Olympic champion. He's it's uh, you know honestly it's it's even hard to call it a rivalry if if you never beat the other person and you know so this is the first time I've ever beaten him and. Uh, he knows I have nothing but respect for him and, and his family, and, and I know that that he respects me and my family. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and, and and you know Matthew and, and Coach are, are, are buddies of ours for sure. So I I, I knew it was all in good fun, but you did tw- or I think an Instagram post that said take what what is yours, and it was a great picture of you finishing uh, in first right in front of Matthew. Yeah, you know it's it's like I was saying, you know like. Um, you know, Matthew, he, he had been a little, he's been banged up. He's been sick. It's if he's not at a hundred percent right now, uh, some of the other guys, you know, Clayton's coming off a double. Um, it's, it's, you know, it was a wacky year for everyone. And, and it's thing, you know, nothing's given. You gotta, sometimes you have to take it. And, and that's kind of how, how I was approaching it. You know, like I, I wasn't, uh, I was running to win and, you know, I was, I was gonna, I wanted to take that title and, Obviously, Matthew's had it a few times, so <laughs> I won't be surprised if he gets a few more. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, give him my best shot every time. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna compete for it. And then he he posted another Instagram, uh, kind of a uh, all in good fun. And this is, I think, what Kellen's article was about. Was Matthew then said uh, it? He he tweeted or Instagrammed a picture of himself looking at his phone, and the title is, I think, that feeling when or. When you see Robbie Andrews uh, tweet or Instagram, take what is yours, and it's him uh, pondering life, looking at his phone. So, again, so you're squashing it all in good fun. Nothing there, right? Oh, not yeah, not even. It, it was uh, <laughs> Matthew's about as competitive a person yeah. as they come. Uh, so he he's not going to be he's not happy to lose ever. Um, unfortunately i don't like to lose either and it it feels really good to finally win a race but you know matthew's got he's got a long time to train for this world championships and i have a few more weeks to prepare and get the standard 
So we're, we're and John, you know, Johnny already has the standard. He's running great all year. We have a, a really great team that we're sending over to London. No doubt, man. You had a great team out in Rio last year. Uh, you were part of that team on the 1500 with Matthew and Ben Blankenship. Uh, you were running incredible uh, in Rio as well. And, you know, the two other guys make the final and the rest of America thinks that Robbie Andrews also makes the final. Take us through what happened there at Rio to you. Oh, yeah. Well, th- thank you. You know, and, and um, so in, in the in the semifinal, uh, I was like, you know, rightfully so super anxious uh, in the race. Uh, you know, I, I could you know, I knew how I was feeling. I knew how I was running. I, I thought I had a, a great opportunity to, to qualify for an Olympic final. Um, I get a little antsy in the race. I run a lot of it on the outside. And for whatever reason, 200 meters to go, I, I slip inside. Uh, so I, I essentially boxed myself in and with a hundred meters to go, I'm, I'm sit- So the top five qualified for the final the next or in two days, um, I'm sitting in about seventh or eighth. Uh, so I can, I can, but we're all right there. So I can see fifth place. I, I can, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I gauge my, my closing speed pretty well. I knew that I knew that I had a, a lot left and I was fairly confident that I was going to be able to, to qualify. Um, and I kind of get stuck on the inside and I, I, I hoping that something opens up and I, I see an opening, uh, and I, I take it on the inside and I'm, I'm nudged out of bounds. I take, I take a few steps out of bounds on the inside of the rail, immediately jump back on, like had no, had no intentions of leaving the track, you know, but at, when you're running such high speeds and there's such a, a thin line, it's, uh, it's easy to lose your balance. And, it, uh, it by no means made it easier for me to, no to get to the finish line. <laughs> um, and, uh, so they, I, uh, I was, uh, disqualified for, for, um, leaving the, the competitive, uh, field and, um, yeah, the Olympic uh, dream was over. I, I mean, how to... frustrating is that though, man? I mean, you were, you're one of the top five there and you were one of the top guys and you could have, you know, you know, obviously everybody knows the story, Matthew wins gold, but you could have competed for a medal yourself. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not fair to say that at all. You know, it's it's um, there were already thirteen guys in in the final, and it's 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 you know, it's really easy for for me to say, oh, if you just throw yourself in there, it's like, yeah, I would have been top three. It's like, well, you know, like I was just saying, I'd never beaten Matthew before, I'd never beaten Nick Willis before, and and they they got first and third, so like, you know, of course anything can happen, but it's you know, it's it's not fair to just throw yourself in that mix. Um, you know, and that being said, you know, watching watching Matthew win win the the gold was, you know, probably that it was easily the highlight of the Olympics for yeah, me. Like, yeah. you know, see, seeing an American come out on top. Like, I, I was watching with my dad and my sister, and, and we were just going absolutely nuts. Like, it was just, and because it was more the way he did it. You know, just right. running from the front, right. just hold, oh, it was such a great race. Well, I was going to ask you if you actually could bring yourself to watch it. That's great that you got your family together and watch it. Did you have your family out and were, were all them out in Rio? Yeah. So my, my dad and my sister came out, my, uh, my high school, uh, cross country coach, Bill Hagen came out and my sister's boyfriend, Luke Fisher came out and we just, you know, they had themselves a, a great vacation and <laughs> it, uh, you know, it was really special to be able to, to share that with them. Um, my mom was uh, home uh, taking care of the cats, so that um, so it. She but somebody's got to do that. That's true. Exactly, exactly. She was very much there in spirit. Um, sending me, she sent me texts every single day. So it was, 
we had a we had a full a full team there. I know your family is super important to you and a big part of why you're so successful. Your sister is kind of a stud runner too. Is that just a lately thing? <laughs> she man, my sister Kristen. So she's um, she's currently in uh, nurse anesthesi- anesthesiology school. See, I can't even say it, and, and she's going to school for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she so she's in in this full time program, uh, and just kind of so she ran at St. Joe's in Philadelphia. Uh, she graduated in 2011. She was a 400 meter hurdler. Uh, she ran 61 seconds for the hurdles. So, you know, by no means, by no means bad. Right. Uh, but just kind of wasn't like I was saying when I when I, how I fell in love with with the training. Um, it just wasn't wasn't quite there for her uh, back 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 then. But now, having some time to realize, you know, what life is and going to work every day, or she's like, man, I really wish I had given given a little bit more to my my training back then because she's super talented. She was way, way more talented than, than I was in high school. Like she was running. Yeah. She, like, I couldn't beat her for like an embarrassingly amount wow. of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another edit um, point for you, docs. I'm not sure he wants that on the show either. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, uh, yeah. Kristen's Kristen. She, she knows that. Yeah, but, of course. Um, so yeah, she, she, had, um, so my dad's coaching her now while she's in school. Uh, she runs for the shore athletic club and uh just for whatever reason it's just really clicking for her right now she she ran under 210 for the 800 for the first time this year she ran 2055 and she couldn't have been happier uh she she qualified for the uh indoor national championships in the thousand she'd run 244 for the k um and she ran a pr of 427 in the 1500 um which she's hoping to lower in the near future um She's hoping to run around 440 in the mile, which, you know, for a 400 hurdler in college, she's just doing, she's doing awesome. She needs it. You need to convince her to forget this, like, full-time nurse, <laughs> anesthesia, whatever the word we can't pronounce. Uh, yeah. Get back, get to the professional running scene. I mean, your life is probably a lot easier uh, than hers to train, <laughs> at least, I would imagine. A lot of resting oh, yeah. and a lot of like you know watching. You, 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 what 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 shows do you you watch? The Office, I think I I've read somewhere. Is that one of your favorite shows? Oh man, I've I've seen The Office too many times. I it's it's bad. You know I I can like hear a couple lines from a from a from a an episode and I can tell you what episode <laughs> name it is and it's uh yeah it's embarrassing. <laughs> the Office, Parks and Rec. Uh, we just watched uh, True Detective. Um, Which one, the first one or the second one? The first one with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I've heard. So we, <laughs> we have we didn't watch the second one. Uh, Parks and Rec, uh, Family Guy, huge Family Guy fan. Um, man, and I'm also a huge movie guy. You know, I, I love going to the movies and getting a big old bag of popcorn and just kind of wow. relaxing it. Relaxing no, I mean, not this time of year, though. Yeah. You, you got you to oh. lay off the popcorn now, right? Ex- Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that's very much a fall thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm with you. I can't go into the movie theater and you smell that popcorn. It's something about it, like really, like sucks you in. You need to get a big bowl of popcorn. It, yeah, it, yeah. It makes then you, you feel wonder, sick, what, like what? two minutes after we're eating it. Oh, of course, because you're you supposed to share previews. it, Farley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the same exact way. It's it's uh. <laughs> You, it I, it makes you wonder what they put in there that makes it taste so good, you know. <laughs> butter, <laughs> plenty of butter. Well, man, uh, we look forward to uh, watching you run. You 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 didn't run. Um, uh, you were fifth place 
and the trials in 2012 with the chance to go to London. So it's great that you get to redeem yourself if you can make that 336 and go back to London and run uh, the World Champs. Uh, which when, when is the World Champs? Is that, is that in August? Correct. So I believe they're August 5th through the 13th. Okay, so August 5th and, through the 13th. Gotcha. So and, I, and the 1500 starts on August 9th. So it'll be nice. the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th. Um, we've been to London, so uh, hit me up after the show if you want to know where to get ice cream. <laughs> I, I know where the best place to get ice cream in London is. Do you really? Yeah. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there, and uh, I was there as well. I don't remember the ice cream stop. Though. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, wait, wait, Robbie. <laughs> on the subject of training, so you've been you've been in Virginia, so you know humidity, and then you said you were training at altitude. So, do you think that training in humidity gives you the same benefits as training in altitude? Oh man, well, it's they're both. The, oh my gosh! All right, so altitude is impossible. My my my, my roommate, my teammates, and I we've we've decided that altitude is it. You know, people say you acclimate. Acclimation is not real. We were <laughs> just as tired the first day as we were four weeks later when we left, running 7:30 pace. We, it was impossible. Um, granted, we we came back in in awesome shape, but um, humidity. Now, humidity. See, it, it doesn't matter when you run in the humidity. Whether you wake up at eight to run in the humidity, or whether you run late at night, it, it's just it's just hard, and it just drains you, and Again, it's just impossible. So I'd say that you can't win between the two. But if you had to choose, I would probably take altitude because there's a lot more science behind it. Humidity, it's kind of like um, a, a subjective thing. It's like, oh, man, I ran in the humidity, so I'm super tough now. But you can't really quantify it. Uh, or, or also, you don't really get four weeks straight of, of humid days like altitude but so i'd say humidity is harder than altitude yeah i i would agree since since i've never trained in altitude but uh (laughs) i'm gonna say humidity (laughs) definitely harder because i I suffer through every summer here in uh dc oh yeah dc it's a swamp fest yeah Yeah, exactly All right, man. So it's going to be London, then back to New Jersey, right? Where you're you're a volunteer assistant coach at Princeton. Is that the case? Correct. Cool, Correct, man. So what 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 is in store for the summer? Anything vacation wise after uh, after London? Uh, so Vid usually gives me. Uh, so I'll have I'll have a few races in August and September, um, and then usually uh, September and October are are my downtime where I go I go on vacation. Florida. I I go to the beach, go to Florida with Brett. Run um, eight minute miles. Run. <laughs> what what beach? What beach do you go to? The Jersey Shore. We we go to Sarasota down in Florida. Okay. Um, so he has a he has a condo down there, uh, but he's he's from Ocean City, New Jersey. So sometimes we we go there too. Otherwise, I go to Belmar or Long Beach. There you go. Or Long Branch, sorry. And then and then my cousins live in Long Beach, Long Island. So I'll go there sometimes. Um, basically, if there's a body of water or, or an ocean, I'll be there. <laughs> and and now your jersey guy now my listen i'm showing my age here but do you do you relate to the jersey shore at all do you even know the jersey shore i mean it's a hacky question joanna i understand it's a hacky question did you ever watch the jersey shore growing up uh like the mtv show yes exactly Oh yeah, we we had weekly viewings in in, in college because because Brett and I we were the Jersey Boys on the team. So oh, okay, we we had a we had a brag to everyone that this is what our our hometown is like. And, <laughs> and you guys Mike, the situation, 
Yes. Mike, the situation is from Manalpin High School. Like he's from Manalpin, where I grew up. Mike so. Sorrentino is from. It was the situation. Yeah, I, I do know his full name. Yes, he's from your high school. Correct. We wow. Had, for a long time, we had the same level of education. Wow. <laughs> who who is more famous from your high school, you or the situation? Well, the situation can be found driving his Ferrari Lamborghini to the movies on any given night. Yeah. And I can be found watching The Office and Family Guy in my room. <laughs> so you tell me. Yeah, I guess that probably uh, tells the story best. All right. That's true. All right, man. Well, we really appreciate the time. Uh, the next race is July 2nd. That's Sunday. And then June, uh, July 6th, uh, he'll be racing in New York. So if you're in Portland and listening or if you're in New York and you're listening, uh, go out and uh, check check this guy out and root him on to uh, this sub-336-1500. All right, Robbie. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck for the rest of your season. Oh, Chris, Docs, and Joanna, thank you so much for having me. Uh, love the questions, and uh, I'll uh, definitely be reaching out uh, in London for the best ice cream spot. But, Good uh, to hear. No, th- Good thank to you. Hear. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. There he goes. There he goes. You're an awesome sport. It's Robbie Andrews, he joined us here on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the program. Uh, thanks again to Robbie Andrews, the 1,500-meter champion at the USATF meet uh, this past week. He's going to be headed to London when he hits his standard. Awesome interview. interview. Great sport. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's R-A underscore Andrews. We'll tweet that out, of course. Uh, great to have him on the program. Um, Robbie was a great interview. He's totally. you know from New Jersey, so of course I like him. <laughs> but um, my big takeaway from this interview was when he said acclimation isn't real. That really <laughs> messes with my summer. <laughs> it always comes back to weather on this program. Yeah, well, he is he 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 is someone who would be an expert probably. I mean, he's done both. Mm, I don't think he's a scientist. He's just a <laughs> professional athlete. He we did. need to get the we need to get the scientists on it. And also, he said there was no science, no scientific evidence about the humidity. Uh, that just means that we need to get our our scientists off the Edison bulbs and onto <laughs> the humidity training. Uh, I think that's true though, because I I've tried to find things online about humidity training and how that translates or the benefits, and there's not really a lot of studies. So I think this is a big project for the scientists. Well, you know, Coach Sensowitz always says that. We've said it on this program before, and I also would qualify him as the authority. He always well, he's, says that, re- he's retired now. He should head up this study. <laughs> he should, yeah. He should. I'm Does sure. he have an honor- honorary science degree from some school? <laughs> but he always says that humidity is basically the uh, East Coast version of altitude training. So you're getting as good of a, a, a workout here in uh, D.C. when you run when it's uh, 100% humidity than you are in uh, – when you're running in Flagstaff or Boulder or wherever you want to go, I, th- I think at the end of the day, I mean, if we're if we're having a serious discussion about this, and I don't, I kind of don't think we are, but if you are, uh, 
all you're doing is you're running in, in either scenario, you're running in tough conditions so that when you actually go for a race and the conditions aren't tough, it's like taking the weights off your your mm-hmm. your uh, ankles or whatever, you know, like because like, you run in ankle weights, right? <laughs> I think I did one or one or two times. Well, it's like when you swim and you wear like a couple of bathing suits yeah. that, so that you have drag, and then exactly. when you're in your racing suit, you right. go super fast. Exactly, that's exactly what it's like. All right, well, and Farley's ankle weights. Well, he was awesome. I've only did not did that one time. I think it was in high mm-hmm. school. I realized that my, my knees were going to go uh, I, give out. I'll be honest. I didn't know you did that. I just threw <laughs> that out there, and you you confessed. All right, I did. One time in high school. Uh, we, we talked to a lot of USATF meet. I hope uh, people got to watch that last week, even though you had to pay $70 to watch it online for, for NBC, which was kind of annoying. But that's a whole other uh, kettle of fish. Uh, you keep fish in a kettle? I, 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 there was a couple things, and I'm not going to go off on them because I went off on them last week. Three things from the meet uh, that probably were the biggest headliners. Number one, Nick Simmons, last race. Mm-hmm. I thought he made it all a little bit all about himself and maybe kind of annoying. Okay. What's number two on the list? Number two, um, Alicia Montano running pregnant again, um, finishing uh-huh. last place. I mean, she did it before, and I'm not sure what – her mission is uh, maybe I think, I think it's to you know raise awareness to for people running pregnant. Well, if if you don't know what the mission is, then a mission not accomplished. Right. I just think it was a little bit all about her. I'm not sure why mm-hmm. she's not championing that effort when she's not pregnant. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's number two. Number three, really inspiring story of Gabe Grumwell. All right, that was the one that I had in my back pocket yeah, that I wanted to talk yeah, about. I yeah. could care less. Right. About the first two things, yeah. but that was the coolest moment. That was. That was. And when I was watching it, I was thinking like, I was gonna. I, I was just thinking like, well, this is what I was talking about before. When you when you have the, the previous two things were manufactured stories before the event. Yep. And then the Gabe Grunwald thing was the actual story. Yeah. Very cool. She's got cancer, uh, and she is either going through chemo or about to go through chemo. She, she went through chemo all spring and it, and it affected her training, uh, you know, cause it chemo makes you tired. And so, so that made it so that she, she couldn't be in the best shape that she wanted to be in, but she went out and, and ran the, the Olympic trials anyway. And she's like a four time cancer survivor. I mean, yeah. it's, it, the cancer keeps coming back uh, and she keeps fighting through it. You know, she, she's, uh, she's fought it four other times and, yep. and she trains through it and she went out there, she ran the race. Uh, and at the end of the race, all of the competitors in that 1500 came over, uh, they, they had a, a group hug said, you know, like, like, I don't know what they did actually. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. Um, but it was really, it was cool. It was, it was a really nice human moment, you know? It's a nice example of, of women supporting women in the sport. And Gabe is one of the nicest people that you'll ever come across. Yeah. Very, very cool moment. Um, that was a, that was a great story. Like you said, docs, I think you put it well, not manufactured. I just hate when the manufactured stories are the headlines mm-hmm. above like a great performance by Robbie or other great performances that no one's talking about. Uh, that these guys are out there competing in the 109 degree temperatures and just running their tails off and doing awesome and you don't hear about them. 
Well, that's NBC for you. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, for me, uh, like, the Gabe story wasn't a surprising story because I already, like, follow her on Instagram and we have some friends in common. So I already know, like, the whole background of Gabe. And what's sometimes frustrating to me is that people who are watching track and field don't know as much as I do. So when they are watching NBC and they get these headline stories, it's not the headlines I want them to have all the time. Like I don't right. I don't want right. the headlines always be like Nick Simmons or Alicia Montano. Like I want it to be more Gabe type stories and that doesn't always happen. Well, we we talked earlier and maybe you should talk to Kellen Sung. Um his big story was Andrew throwing shade at Sensuance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those those are the stories that come out of the news. Guys sell papers. Yeah, I guess that's what what you got to do. But he squashed it here on Pace the Nation. So, Kellen, uh, maybe a follow up article. I, I tell you what, Kellen, uh, your story got squashed. But we're gonna, you know, we're we're not just in the business of squashing stories. We're also delivering a story. That's right. You could tell the Gabe story. There you go. Um, and on the topic of mothers running, another great story from the the uh, championships was Sarah Vaughn making her first oh, world okay, team yeah. in the 1500. I, I should have had a four, fourth bullet point. Yeah, 31, mother of three. I mean, she's she's always been a consistent runner, but this is the first time that she's made a world's team. Um, and just it was really exciting to see her run so well at such a um, pivotal mo- moment for her. All right, Joanne, I'm glad you brought that uh, story up. That was uh, one of the best stories from the meet as well. Uh, really cool to see Sarah Vaughn make the team. Three kids. Man, awesome. Full-time job. She's also just like awesome. another just great person yep. in the very, track very and cool. field world. Um, one more comment I want to make about men's 1500. Yes. Um, uh, Craig Angles, who yes. finished fourth, man, he really is T.P. Fontaine in like every sense of the word. Got the face. The short long. You like the short long? That his haircut? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we call I, it short long. I think people call it... Um, a mullet. Mullet. And because <laughs> uh, you say it's a party in the back, business up right. front. Yeah. yeah. And then he's got like the same facial hair and yeah. everything. And, and he ran such a great race. And then he finished fourth, just like at trials. Yeah. Well, he's young. He'll have other chances. Good to see uh, Gregoric make the team. Really cool to see that. Um, you didn't know what a short long was? Uh, I never heard that before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First right. time on that phrase. Um, and my prediction was totally wrong. Clayton Murphy did not make the team in yeah. either event. In either, either event. event. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a source that told me he was uh, out at the NCAA meet, walking around on his feet for five hours at a time, cheering on his girlfriend. Maybe not um, the best training method a week before. Uh, uh-huh. It's the USA's. the adage holds up: relationship running work they all can't go right at the same time women make your legs weak i think that's what um <laughs> i've heard too well i thought you were gonna say you had a source that that heard that he was at target shopping for furniture <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true no uh clayton murphy will have he'll he'll plenty have of more good plenty races more, yeah more opportunities all right i mentioned earlier on that uh there was a story of a runner who saved a person's life oh yeah uh, Major League umpire John Tumpain was jogging or running on uh, in Pittsburgh uh, two Wait, days ago. He's a Major League Baseball umpire? Yes, he's a Major League Baseball umpire who was on a run before his game that night, jogging across the Roberto Clemente Bridge when he mm-hmm. saw a woman kind of 
step over to the other side and looked like she was going to, you know, thrust herself off the bridge. He went up and Wait, said... Wait, she went... She was on the bridge, so like not cross the street, but went on the other side of the... the other side of the railing. Oh, my goodness. It looked okay. like she was going to jump. I got you now. And he goes up and says, what are you doing? And he says, I want to talk to you and grabs her and talks her down from the side and brings her on to the other side of safety uh-huh. and kind of holds her there until uh, help could arrive. So pretty cool story of a major league umpire on a run before yeah. his game. I mean, pretty, uh, pretty crazy that, that he's, he saw this woman. I, I don't know if anybody could have reacted as quickly as somebody who was on a run. Do you think that his um, profession as a major league baseball umpire helped him at all in that situation? I'd say so. You got to be calm, cool, collective as an umpire. I think he probably could handle high pressure situations like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think so. And what what other skills do you think translated? Um, I think that's all he really needed. <laughs> <laughs> he had a pretty good eye. Yeah, yeah, he had a pretty good eye. Yeah, yeah that's true. Good point. Major League Baseball umpires are are, are very observant. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that those are all things. Mm-hmm. So, Usually you think of umps uh, as big fat guys. I know. That's, that's, yeah. why, I, that's <laughs> so, why I was surprised. And he's on a run, and I think he was behind home plate that night in Pittsburgh. You know, you know, 100-degree temperatures probably in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, too. And humidity. It's an East and, Coast town. <laughs> exactly. So uh, impressive story that out on a run. Well, good for him. And saves somebody's life. I, I take it you have no follow-up on that because you, would, no. you have given us more information. Yeah. No, that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, good for him. All right. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, I feel validated. I wonder why that didn't Char- come at the top of the show. <laughs> Charlie Ban also uh-huh. can't stand Boomerang. He uh, he let me know that he stopped following the club that he runs for. He runs for GRC, and he stopped following that club because they posted a Boomerang Instagram post. That seems a little bit extreme. Well, I mean, it just shows his passion for um It just shows that you two are grumpy passion. old men, that's all. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that it just shows that uh, we're on the right side of this one. Mm. <laughs> I mean, just people who... who the, 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 the stuff that people comment on mm-hmm. at, on Twitter, and we'll get to a tweets episode at some point, <laughs> I swear... I mean, it's more stuff. It's not about our great guests or cookies or anything like that, like we had last week. It's about boomerang. It's about. I don't think you have your finger on the pulse. You, you know what? It's about ducktails. Yeah, it's about yes, ducktails. It's exactly. Ducktails. It's about ducktails. Um, Farley, do you know what I find more annoying than talking about boomerang on one show? <laughs> no, what do you find more annoying than that? Talking about Boomerang on two shows. Oh, two consecutive shows, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's true. That's probably true. I just wanted to, you know, whenever I can prove myself right, I always enjoy doing that. Oh, weren't you supposed to take a social media cleanse? Yeah, well, you know, see, I, noticed oh, yeah. I didn't bring that up. Oh, yeah. 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 So actually, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because uh, I had just edited the show and and written everything up and posted it and, and in the thing it's it even in the show description it describes farley's been challenged to take a social media hiatus yep and i i get a text message from farley uh, on monday the day the show posts and he's like hey is uh, one of our buddies engaged and i was like what are you talking about it's like <laughs> like that cryptic message he posted on facebook so i was like okay so i guess you're not off social media this week are you 
And and by the way, the guy didn't get engaged. Let me just. I, all right, you're right. I couldn't help myself. I mean, Satya uh-huh. called me out for my Father's Day. Uh, yeah. Father's Day. I, I won't, won't call it a Father's Day rant. I had a great Father's Day, uh-huh. but he called me out, and you know, I had to Check respond. The tapes. I had to respond, but yeah. I know this is had to. This is nothing to do with anything, but. Would you not think that this person's getting engaged? <laughs> well, he yes. Let I mean, read the, you. Let me read you. He's been dating this this woman for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Virginia with us, mm-hmm. and his message on Facebook says, "I'm so glad I got up the courage to ask his girlfriend out for a walk with her dog and a beer two years ago." But more importantly, she said yes. Love you, and then. Uh, I think it was their, it sounds like it's their anniversary. It's yes. the anniversary of the day that he asked her but, out. But the way he wrote it, Farley's not doing the punctuation. The, the punctuation, I think, is, is important because he, he talks about asking her out two years ago. And then he says, dot, dot, dot. But more importantly, she said yes, emoticon with hearts on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, that's fair. Yeah. And, and it, a lot of people started posting underneath that. Congratulations. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And then she she said, we're just talking about the date two years ago. Nobody <laughs> got engaged. Right. And he wrote, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. So. <laughs> but Farley, Farley texted me and I was like, we need to have an emergency Kaishai uh, podcast. <laughs> podcast. Right. How would I, if I was not on social media, how would I have known that he didn't get engaged? <laughs> Well, you wouldn't have um, been confused that he might have been right, engaged. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah. He still's not engaged. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, where Robbie Andrews is. Maybe we should have him at the store. I don't know why you didn't say that. I know. We should have him at the store after this, uh, after this world tour that he's going on. You know what I also forgot to mention? I want to ask him his shoe size because those DC flag shoes are still for sale. We still have a few left. And he runs for Adidas. Uh, I wonder if he would wear nope, a Adidas. he runs for Adidas. I wonder if he would wear an Adidas DC flag shoe. I think he would. All right, let's get his size and we'll uh, we'll send him a pair and see if he'll No, he can pick them up at the uh, Princeton <laughs> That's store. Good yeah, you can. You guys do transfers from the DC <laughs> store at Princeton? Actually, we do. We do. Perfect. We do. All right, good show, guys. Thanks again to Robbie Andrews, your U.S. champ in 1,500 meters, for joining us today on the program. You can follow him on Twitter. It's R-A underscore Andrews. Give him a follow. Fun follow. Fun interview. Thanks to Robbie for joining us at Pace the Nation. All right. I won't belabor it any longer. It's hot. Joanna's about to pass out. For Joanna Russo and for William E. Docks, Episode 113 in the books. I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week.
peas. You know, when you're this sick, you shouldn't show up for work. Not for you, but for your workmates. You get everybody else sick, and then and then what? And then it just keeps going around. Oh, look, Chick-fil-A catering's here. I hope they come over here. Your last meal before you die. Yeah. If I'm going to choke on something, I'd like to choke on a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Why do people like Chick-fil-A so much? Delicious. It's so delicious. But how is it different than any other fast food place? I think they got a good angle that they're closed on Sundays. I think that really helps them out. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it does. I think that is their... No, I think that's their signature. It's It's delicious. And the the sauces that they have are great. The the way they make the chicken is perfect. (laughs) It's so good. Farley's sick, so he's having having trouble. He's... he's, uh, Hacking Sorry. up along right My now. My kid is like hey. getting sick. Yeah. So right. get better. Get yeah. better, man. I know. Seriously. You should be thankful that you did a phone. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Joanne and I are going to be miserable <laughs> yeah, no, this no, weekend. No, exactly. Oh All my right. gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dude, can you turn your autoplay off? What is this? He's he's doing his research on on the internet, and it's all these autoplay videos. <laughs>